Chapter 30 Mom! Dad! Silverbell whispered frantically as she shook her parents awake, standing beside their bed. Bean? Her father let out a great, groggy yawn as he blinked awake. Silverbell, is everything okay? Her mother croaked as she too wandered wearily back into consciousness. There's somebody still out there, Silverbell told them frantically, though she was still keeping her voice low so as not to awaken Louie in the next room. I heard them in my dreams. There's another music maker. They're out there, and they're all alone, and... Silverbell, sweetie. Her mother cut her off, reaching out for her daughter's hand in the darkness. What's happening? Did you have a bad dream? No, but I had a dream, Silverbell said. And it was the sound of one lonely note playing out in the world, just how I used to only hear Poem's voice and Louis's flute when we were alone out there. You probably just heard... Silverbell watched her father struggle for words as he tried to gain his bearings. Your friend Poem. Poem. Silverbell corrected. And I heard her too. I know what she sounds like, and this other thing, it wasn't her. It was something else. It was someone else. Her father hummed and her mother sighed as they contemplated what to say to their daughter in distress. Silverbell, darling. Her mother cooed calmly. Go back to sleep. You deserve some rest. How can I rest when I know there's another music maker out there alone? They could have no idea that there's somebody like Cove after them. They could be in terrible danger from the government. We have to go. We have to tell someone. We have to do something. Bean, it's the middle of the night. Her father informed her like she didn't know. What can we do now? What can we do at all? Her mother added with content hopelessness. We don't know them. We don't know what their life is like. Maybe they're happy and safe, and anyway, we don't have our instruments to help them, even if we knew all the other things. No music maker in that world is happy and safe, Silverbell told them. They're afraid and alone. She paused for a moment as she looked on the empathetic yet useless expressions on her parents' faces. Just like I was. Her mother gasped, and her father looked away as she said this, shame and guilt washing over them. Oh, Silverbell. Immediately, there were tears in her mother's eyes, and in desperation, she reached out to embrace Silverbell. Yet as her mother's arms wrapped around her, Silverbell found no comfort. Mom? Silverbell said coldly. Yes, honey? Her mother responded as she held to Silverbell for dear life. Dad? Silverbell then said, flashing a look over to her father, who wasn't quite looking at her, more through her. Yeah, Bean? Poem had been right. This homecoming had been too good to be true. Why didn't you come and find me? Silverbell felt her mother release her grasp and slowly draw backward beside Silverbell's father on the bed. We... She stammered, tears still in her eyes. We got separated. You know that. I didn't ask how you lost me. I asked why you didn't come and find me. She clarified sharply as the reality of her past suddenly became very clear in her mind. Silverbell, we lost you. We didn't know where you were. Her mother attempted to defend herself. You could hear me. You could have followed the music. She reminded them without having to think. For as she closed her eyes to hide from their faces, she heard the music as clear as day. And she knew they heard it too. I know. I know, but we... We didn't have our instruments. Her father tried to find a reason, though even his facial expression showed he knew he should be ashamed by such an answer. There was a war going on out there somewhere. We had no way to defend ourselves. I had no way to defend myself! Silverbell snapped viciously. 
Sure, I had a violin, but I had no memories of what was happening. I was a person with no past, a child with no parents. The words came faster than she could stop them, but her parents simply stared back at her with dead and red-ringed eyes. No, I had parents, but they didn't come to find me. There was a haunting silence as Silverbell stared at them, and they stared back at her, and the hurtful truth of the past fell over them like newly fallen snow. We were scared, Silverbell, her mother admitted finally. Tears were streaming down her face, heavy, hurting tears. And with each teardrop, Silverbell saw the manifestation of guilt and the personification of shame and the actualization of regret. But that didn't much matter anymore. I was scared, Silverbell told them calmly. She had no tears to cry. She had no hate to give. This feeling, this disappointment, was an old friend to her. There was no such thing as happy endings or perfect parents or truly safe places. There were only flawed people hiding in flawed places in a flawed, flawed world. The silence between them fell again, underscored by her mother's tears and accompanied by her father's inability to make eye contact. We love you so much, Silverbell. Her father said in the saddest tone she had ever heard. I know. Silverbell nodded solemnly. But I guess you feared the silencers more. With a heavy sigh, she turned away from her parents, too exhausted to be this disappointed. Silverbell! Her mother called to her as she tried to stop her tears. I'm going to bed, Silverbell said finally, as she moved back to the open door of her little room. We're so sorry, Silverbell, she heard her father say from their bed as she crossed into her room. Okay, was all Silverbell Smith could offer in response.